Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Proverbs chapter 11. Um, But as you're doing that, I'm going to also ask that we put up on the screen um, kind of that theme verse that we've been reading before uh, we get into the message. And that is Acts chapter 1, verse 8 in the Amplified Version. Um, And so I'm just going to give you a a hair bit of a moment to find that Proverbs thing. If you got it, if you got your Bible, I hear some pages turning, which is beautiful. It's such a beautiful sound when you hear pages of your Bible turning, right? Because, you know, we're all electronic these days. So everything's electronic. We do that. But, man, when you start hearing, like, you know, this, that, that folding of pages, man, there is just something about that that excites me. I don't know what it is. I'm weird that way. But it just does. And so I don't know if you've gotten there yet. But here, let's, let's read out loud. Say it loud. Say it proud. This scripture right here, it says this. Ready, set, read. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Man, I love the fact that this is Jesus telling his disciples. So Jesus would be telling us if we were disciples there in that moment with him, he would be saying this to us, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that is why we've been kind of talking about the Holy Spirit for the last, uh, man, I don't know. I think this is the sixth week we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. But man, our main purpose behind that is to, to either one, maybe discover for yourself the first time, or maybe even just remind yourself that the power and ability to lead a, a Christian life, a powerful Christian life, full of courage, I would say too, comes from the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, right? It's the Holy Spirit being active in your life. Because when you become a believer, automatically the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. But you know what? Why, then, then Jesus, knowing that, why would he say, hey, I want you to go. I want you to receive power. I want you to, 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 to encounter this. This is a must, right? So it's almost like one of those things where, man, we've got to get to, to a place where, man, we begin to look at it and say, man, okay, I got the Holy Spirit in me, but I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of it, right? When, 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 um, Back in the gold rush days, a long time ago, I lived in California, so we, we talked a lot about it. But, you know, when they found a little bit of gold, they just didn't stop there, did they? No, they kept digging. Because why? Hey, I think there's more, right? And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit, right? We go, oh, cool, Holy Spirit, awesome. But then at the same token, man, we've got to open ourselves up to be able to say, oh, I want so much more. I want so much more. I want the stuff the stuff that he's talking about right there. I want the power and I want the ability to be able to live this Christian life to the best of my ability, to the best of what God has for me. But see, sometimes we'll we'll get locked in and just think, well, I got got a little bit of gold. But he's all, no, I want you to dig for some more. I want you to keep digging. And and we remember last week that Pastor Chris talked about, um, and if we read this in a Bible, about the Apostle Peter about how the Apostle Peter was totally transformed after he received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he went from hiding in a house 
behind closed doors to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden he's speaking and preaching and leading 3,000 people to Jesus. Something happened, wouldn't you say? He's, you know, behind the door, they're timid. Oh my gosh, the Jewish people are going to get us. Oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. Oh, what are we going to do? Jesus shows up, right? And he says, no, I want you to go here and I want you to be infilled. I want you to be, be filled with the Holy Spirit, with power, with ability. So they go, they're obedient. And as, they, as that happens, then all of a sudden, man, you've got Peter preaching his head off, right? I don't know if he was stomping and preaching and dancing and whatever. And the drummer was going, you know, really quick. I don't know what he was doing. But man, somehow 3,000 people said, yeah, sign me up. I want Jesus. Jesus is who he's talking about, right? So that transformation that took place in Peter's life. Oh, hey, look at that. That broke off. Man, you just, you know. Anyways, maybe I need to use that for a, a, a anyways. Okay. But, but, but the transformation that took place in Peter's life can take place in your life. That's what I love about it. Because God's no respecter of persons. That's what the Bible says. He's not like, well, now you're not good. No, 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 no. He is very much, hey, I want to give all of it to you. And you know what? I want to give all of it to you. And I want to give all of it to you. And I want to give all of it to you. He's not, he doesn't play favorites. Although I, I'm pretty favorite, one of his favorites. I'm just kidding. I'm not. But, but, but you understand what I'm talking about. What happened to Peter can happen to you. You can be transformed in such a way that, man, you start walking and stretching yourself in a way that you never thought you could walk or stretch yourself in when it comes to your relationship. But you've got to be willing to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be willing to be like that, that guy who found the, the little bit and then says, man, I've got to dig deeper for more gold. There is more gold in them hills. There's more gold in the Holy Spirit. So we got to go get deeper with the Holy Spirit, and then we've got to receive Him, receive His power. We got to, you know, and really we need to ask for it. Because again, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit's kind of, kind of a gentleman, just kind of, he, He's not going to force Himself. So we got to get to a point where, you know, we just start asking for it. Holy Spirit, empower me greatly, empower me more. Hello, I guess I have my phone with me, and I did not put it on silent. Man, this is one of those mornings piece of wood breaks off. Anyways, so if you've missed any of the message, go get the podcast. Go listen to the podcast. You'll be blessed. So today's message is this. Three spiritual gauges. Three spiritual gauges. And let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, help us. Give us a passion to understand these three spiritual gauges. Amen. Now, I ask you to turn to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, you might think, well, wow, that's kind of an odd kind of way to start this, right? Because this verse, if you really look at it, refers to the Lord's hatred for um, dishonest business dealing, okay? But it can also be broadly applied to the Lord's uh, pleasure regarding a righteous balance, okay? Which then can be applied then that God delights when you and I 
as his children, live and are governed according to what God has set as an acceptable standard. There's blessing in that. The acceptable standard is found where? Here. And with the Holy Spirit speaking to us, right? But he'll never speak opposite of the word of God. But he says, you know what? There is blessing. There is blessing that comes upon your life when you live and are governed according to to what God has set as acceptable standards. But again, also this says, but those who operate with a false balance, with dishonesty or imbalance to God's standards in their Christian lives and even in their non-Christian lives, those who who are not believers, that God takes no pleasure in that. God, God, God says, man, I, I don't agree with that. I take no, no pleasure in that. So it's imbalance versus balance. Say imbalance. Say balance. Okay. So it's imbalance versus a, a, a balance. And as believers, I hope that we've gotten at least some kind of idea that the enemy always operates in imbalance. Always. That's one of his primary strategies is to operate in imbalance to get you and I, listen, spiritually imbalanced. That's one of his tactics. That's one of his plans. And so kind of how does he do that, Pastor Scott? Well, you know what he does? He doesn't speak truth. He doesn't speak truth to your life. He's always speaking opposite. This is what John chapter 8, verse 44 says. This is Jesus talking, right? He kind of tells us, hey, this is the makeup of the enemy. It says he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So that just means that everything he says and does either directly contradicts God's plans and principles, right? Or he'll use our own preferences and tendencies to lure us into spiritual imbalance, right? Because we all have our own, like, you know, tendencies or preferences. And and sometimes when we shine or, or, or put those up against God's word, sometimes we're like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do what God's word says. That's, that's really hard for me. My preference is to do this, but God says, that's not the preference I have for you. And so then what happens is the enemy goes, yeah, you just keep, keep going. I want, I want you to be imbalanced. I want you to be spiritually imbalanced so that you're not hearing as, as, as well as, as you can what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you because we've got all this kind of stuff in there. And really, if you think about it, man, his subtle approach or his um, deceptiveness had, had began all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, right? When he had this conversation, this really dis- devious conversation spewing out all kinds of, of, of lies and his rhetoric to, to Eve. And Eve bought into it. Eve was like, oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, let's go. But see, that's how he operates. And he operates that way in our lives all the time. All the time. But see, that's where we've got to mature. We've got to begin to grow. 
we got to begin to say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not going to happen. But Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 5, because he said, now this is going to become more prevalent in the last days. I would say we're kind of in the last days in some way, shape, or form. I know people have said that for so, so long. Hey, we're in the last, you know, remember year, maybe some of you guys do. Remember the year 2000, Y2K, computers are going to freak out. We got to get water. We got to get all this stuff because, man, the end times are coming. Well, we're here still, right? 22 years later. But, I, I, but if you look at the, at the signs, you could say, man, things are increasing on the evil side more so than on, on, on what we experience. But that does not mean that not in the last days that there's going to be a revival. That people who are, are, are um, just kind of even nowhere near God, they're going to have encounters with God. And man, there's going to be a revival and the church is going to... My, my, my prayer is that the church rises up to be the church. That we actually take our stance and say, no, we're the church. We're not like what the world says at all. And whether that, even if persecution comes, who cares? But this is what Jesus said. He said, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. Okay, so he's saying, wake up, pay attention. Beware, beware of this, right? That no one deceives you. What I love about that is it's your responsibility. It's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your mama's responsibility, your papa's responsibility. He says, hey, take heed, pay attention, that no one deceives you. Like he's just saying, this is all about you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. This is in the last days. And I will deceive many. And this, this kind of phrase, deceive many, depicts an individual, a group, a whole nation, and its culture who has strayed or morally veered off of course because they've been seduced by the lie. They've been seduced or duped, you could say, by, by believing the lie that the enemy has presented or believing the lie that the culture has presented, which is influenced by the enemy. But they get duped. And so no longer, right, what basically then what they do is they dismiss the position of truth they once had. They had this truth. Man, I, yeah, but then all of a sudden the enemy seeps in, comes in. Uh, like, for, an, for example, this just kind of blew me away. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I get on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, and I just, I don't really respond to anything, right? I'm just a stalker. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I was on Twitter and they had this, this clip of a, some kind of priest, I guess so, it was a priest, who had a bunch of kids around who had a person who wanted to be transgender dressed that way. And this priest tells these kids, hey, so God tells us that we are to transform our mind, renew our mind every day so that we could see people like this and how lovely and what wonderful they are. Totally taking the scripture out of context when it says renew your mind to God's word. God's word is not for that. Yet our culture is trying to say, oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Every day I get the opportunity to renew my mind to something new. You're, you're different. 
You're new. Oh, let's celebrate that. When God's like, no, 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 no. That's like a total, I, I couldn't even believe it. I, I, I showed it to Heather. I'm like, can you believe this? I can't believe that. But, but see, that's where our culture's going. It's okay to, to put kids in, in those situations now. Where, man, as a church, we got to stand up for righteousness. We got to be able to say, whoa, 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 slow down here. No, no, that is wrong. But here's a guy that's a priest, man. He just totally is going with the flow. It's all good. Renew your mind. Oh, you know, man, totally bugged me. Anyways, sorry, I'm, I'll get off my soapbox. Okay, then, verse, then in 19 verses later, Jesus says this. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Who's the elect? Us. So the enemy is going to begin stirring some things up. And then he says in verse 25, see, I, I have told you beforehand. So I love what he, he's saying because he's saying, you can't say I didn't tell you. You can't play. What? You know how your kids do sometimes. Hey, clean your room. What? You know, hey, you didn't clean your room. I didn't know you even told me to clean my room. Yeah, I told you clean. Oh, I don't remember that. Right? Or even husband's selective hearing, right? All the wives, amen? <laughs> Anyways. All right. You guys all looked at me like, uh, should I? Anyways. But, but see, he's out to do that. So here, here's the thing where we're going to, this is kind of where this, this is going. God uses signs and wonders through the Holy Spirit in a way to confirm his power and his word in the lives of individual believers. I believe that. Amen? Okay. That's how, how he operates. But it's by the Holy Spirit. But we also have to recognize that signs and wonders can also be used as an effective tool by the enemy to deceive even God's people. That's, that's heavy, if you think about it, where we've got to be able to take in context and say, man, I, 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 man, I don't want to fall into that. I don't want to jump into that, but I want to be at a point in my life where I'm recognizing and seeing and understanding what is right in the Spirit and what is not right in the Spirit. And so we've got to be maturing. We've got to be growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, so that we're not deceived until that day that Jesus comes. Now, we don't fall into that category. But, it's, it's, but, but see, sometimes um, Christianity, we, we can take it just so casually and just kind of complacent. Well, man, I got saved. I got my ticket to heaven. It's all good. You know, I, I'm on that train, whatever, the bus or whatever to heaven. But, but, but there's more to this. And see, that, that's why the Holy Spirit is stirring because he wants you to, to be invested more into this, this relationship. So we've got to invest, right? In order for us not to, to, to be uh, deceived as hmm. in order for us not to be deceived if, if we're, we're leaning towards the Holy Spirit's movement and power in our life. Okay? And, and if we have this great hunger and anticipation for it, 
We've got to understand, though, that there is um, this, this, this tension between that desire and our need to avoid any imbalanced ideas or practices that don't have any spiritual truth to them. What I, what I mean by that is when there are times that we've probably run across, if you've been in churches for a long time, depending on kind of what churches, and I'm not throwing stones at any churches, please understand that. But I'm just saying at times, there are things that could happen or occur um, that are very, very fleshly. And they're not very spiritual. Yet we can kind of run with that and think, oh, that, that's what it is. That's what it looks like. But really, no, it was just the fact that, you know, someone had some really great pizza and it just had an effect on them. And then they came Sunday and, and kind of acted all crazy. Or you could be in a situation with people and, and recognizing and realizing that, you know, whatever they're talking about is not really what is scripturally correct. And so we have to understand if we, I have this hunger and desire for the Holy Spirit to move greater in my life, greater in this church. But see, also, I have a responsibility as a campus pastor and as a pastor to make sure that nothing is imbalanced, that it all lines up with Scripture, that it all lines up with what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do. And I recognize that, man. That is a weight on my shoulders. And, and even in our teaching team meeting, we've talked about it a little bit, is just the fact that, okay, man, that, now that we're talking about the Holy Spirit and we really do want the Holy Spirit to open up and move and be a little more freer in our services so that we can experience you know, what, what the Holy Spirit wants to do, I'm recognizing as a pastor, oh my gosh. It's like you're opening up a can and I gotta make sure, man, I'm on top of it because I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. I don't want anyone acting out in a way that is not scripturally sound and, and in line with what God wants to do, okay? So in order for us to, to walk through this, this is where the three spiritual gauges come in, okay? And we're all familiar with gauges, aren't we? We're familiar with gauges as far as our cars are concerned, right? We have uh, the check engine light or even, you know, checking, checking that or the, the fuel level. How many have ever run out of fuel before? Maybe, maybe not. No one wants to confess that, really. Um, but also, we have air pressure gauges. We have oil level gauges. We have things that show you whether or not your car is overheating, right? But all those gauges are there to help you to avoid any unnecessary difficulties. Because if you ignore them, then what? You're going to get stranded on the side of the road, right? And then God, man, hopefully, your battery on your phone is totally charged. Right? Because then what are you going to do? You're going to call. See, I, I grew up in those days when, man, we didn't have cell phones. And when you, you're like, oh, I got to go to that people's house and ask them that I can borrow their phone so I can call my dad because then my dad's going to get mad at me because I didn't pay attention to the gauges. <laughs> right? And you're like, ah, stress, pressure. Okay? But we, we all kind of, you know, we got to kind of get that. So just as those gauges are important to us when it comes to our car, it is also important for us to pay attention to the three spiritual gauges when it comes to spiritual things. We have to pay attention to them. And when we choose to make that choice to engage them, that'll help us assess the integrity of spiritual power that's flowing through us and what's flowing through others. If we line it up to these three spiritual gauges, you can go, huh, 
I don't know if that's, that, that, what, what this person's like kind of doing right now is really in the ballpark. But at least you're not walking away confused. And shake, scratching your head and go, what the heck was that? Ever had that happen? I have. And I left confused, like, well, man, I don't even know what to do with that. But see, that, that's where we got to look at these spiritual gauges in order for us to be able to, to kind of look at it so that we can be sure that we remain in spiritual truth, right, and not deceived by some counterfeit power, by some counterfeit thing that's going on. So the very first gauge and I'm going to use this kind of as an example, on your spiritual dashboard, okay? Your very first gauge on your spiritual dashboard is the gauge of God's written word. Is the gauge of God's written word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this, this, this word inspiration comes from this kind of Greek compound word that portrays God breathing his very own essence into something. So God just didn't inspire the writing of the Bible. God put himself, his very life, his very essence, his energy, his power, his presence, when he breathed upon this word. But you think, well, man, this has been copied over and over and over again. And this is this version, and this is that version, and that. It has nothing to do with the ink on the paper. It has everything to do with what God's word has to say to you. What God's word has to say right there, man, because it's supposed to come into your heart and man, it just kind of penetrates it. It discerns what's going on inside of you and wants to speak to you directly. So it's not about the ink. It's not about, man, it's been produced so many times. God literally, when he inspired these writers, he was breathing his life upon the word. And if we would study it and meditate it, then we will learn to unlock the power and the presence of God contained in it. It's true. But, you know, the Bible says, or Jesus said that, that, that Lord, your, your, your word is spirit and truth. So God's spirit is all on, on God's word. If we're, if we're in God's word, we're speaking God's word, we're praying God's word, man, God's all over it. And it's the very heartbeat of God himself. You want to know God's heartbeat for you? Open up your Bible. Then Paul adds this in the text. He said, God's word is profitable, which means something that is helpful, beneficial, or useful to one's advantage. How many like an advantage? I always like an advantage, right? Especially when I'm playing a game. That's why I always played my kids in a game. Because I had an advantage. I was taller than them, stronger than them. Now I can't do that anymore. Now I just have to back away. Yeah, you guys are great. You're awesome. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, one actually was talking smack to me yesterday. 
Um, so we used to do a turkey bowl. I know I'm getting off subject here for a second. We used to do a turkey bowl. And now that I'm older, they're like, yeah, dad, you probably couldn't play anymore, you know, because your shoulder and, and, you know, all that or whatever. Um, yeah, and then one said, oh, well, why don't you, um, um, you know, you could be ref. And then the other one's all, no, nah, you can be the scoreboard keeper. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, something inside of me was like, boy, if, if I was, uh, if you were younger, man, then anyways. But, but it's profitable for doctrine, which basically means it helps us know God better. It's profitable for reproof, which means it exposes our, or points out our sin. For correction, it offers a solution to sin. And for instruction on how to apply the truth to, God's, to our life, the truth of God's word. But then it also carries this divine authority of God, making it divinely useful in, in producing the essential work that God has for us in the kingdom, for what God wants. And I know in, in your notebooks, there is some examples there. We won't even go through those. But if you want to look at those later, feel free to do that. But the key to this gauge is to be locked into, okay? And, and what I mean by that is, is not taking your eyes, and I'm going to even throw in your ears, because faith comes by hearing, off of it. It's being locked into God's word. Because it's essential to your spiritual growth in every area. See, what we're talking about is not being deceived spiritually. And so in order for me not to be deceived spiritually, I got to know God's word. I got to have it in my heart. I got to have it in my life. I got to be living by it so that when deception comes, then you know what? We can go, hey, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I know clearly and I understand spiritual truths regarding spiritual things. If you want to know spiritual truth, Regarding spiritual things, and get in your word. That's one of the gauges. How's that going for you? How, how, how is that? I mean, you know, like we, we know our gas levels or whatever. Is it, is, it, is it on empty? Is it a quarter of a tank? Half a tank? Only you know. I don't, I don't know. Right? But see, if it's, if it's low, then man, I just want to encourage you. Spiritual dashboard. Whoa, that's really low. Man, start building it up. Go, go to the gas station and fill it up, right? Go, go to God's word and begin to fill it up. But see, that way you know the spiritual truths about spiritual things. And when the Holy Spirit is moving in you, and not just the pizza from the night before, okay? And he's moving through you to reach others. Man, you've got this confidence, no, I know I'm hearing right. I know because you know what? This is lining up with God's word. And that, that kind of took me to this point. A great measure to use, right, is no matter how spiritual something feels or how spectacular it looks, if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not God. Think about that. If it does not line up with God's word, it's not God. But you don't know that or you won't know that if you lose sight of this gauge. If you lose sight of God's word in your life, you won't know that. And then that opens you up to be more acceptable to being deceived by the enemy. John 8, 31, 32 says, if you abide in my word and you, and you are my disciples indeed, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That is God's heart for you. He wants you to live in freedom. He wants you to live in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
He wants to lavish them upon you. And he wants you to grow and be familiar with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit's moving. So you're not walking out of a service or you're not walking out of a situation or, or, or a group of people and you're wondering, what the heck was that? But you can have such a relationship that you already know. He, yeah, I, I, I'm on to what, what was going on. All right, second gauge on your spiritual dashboard is the gauge of the Holy Spirit. Gauge of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of of God. Are you truly being led by the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you actually making an effort for him to lead or are you, or, or are you dictating everything? And what, and what I mean by that is, you know what? Um, I'm making sure that I, I stay in my little bubble here and I, I, I'm just going to be just good. But see, the thing about the Holy Spirit is he's always challenging us. He always wants us to grow. He's always like, hey, can I make you feel uncomfortable today? He, he, he really does that. Can I, can I make you uncomfortable? And I've got to get to the point, we've got to get to the point where we would say, yes, without a doubt, make me feel uncomfortable. Get me out of my little bubble. Get me out of my little, like, safe little Christian, you know, life or whatever. Because the Holy Spirit needs you, right? God needs you to be kingdom-minded, to be kingdom-impactful, to, to actually walk in spiritual things. But see, we've got to be able to open ourselves up. You know, the Holy Spirit just, he, he'll challenge you. He'll stretch you, right? He, he, he wants to get you out of that, that comfort zone. And this idea of being led, as Paul's talking about, comes from this word, a Greek word, a go, which just kind of basically paints this picture um, of, of a domestic animal um, being guided by a rope by, uh, by his owner, um, which, you know, kind of uses it to... to get him along the right way that he's going. Sorry, words are hard. Um, you know, and, and I, I've, I've, I've taken up walking with my dog. Um, and man, I'm glad I got a leash because that dog sometimes drives me nuts. But I, but, I, but, I, but I keep relating and thinking about how, okay, so this led by the Holy Spirit, man, there are times that, because you know, your dog wants to sniff something, but you want to keep on walking. Right? And he wants to stop. And you go, oh my gosh, really? There's nothing there. Yeah, but the, how often are we that way? Where we get diverted. We get to the side and, oh, oh and the Holy Spirit's, no, 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 you're off target. You, you go. And we're just like, ah, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I'm fulfilling my need. I'm fulfilling what I want. But, but, but we got to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to guide and direct us. He's not a mean. He's not mean. You know, and he might just sit there and wait. Okay. He does. Okay. Keep sniffing. Go ahead and sniff, Pastor Scott. I hope you're enjoying that. But I got other things for you to do. But hey, I'll just sit, wait. You know, but with our dogs, we're like, come on, let's go. At least maybe I am a little too rough or whatever. But, but, it, but, but we have to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to move in our life in, in, in that way. And there's a whole bunch of other metaphorical things with that, that word. Um, 
But, but it, it all leans to the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to be active in your life. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. But see, we can't, ref, we can't um, prefer the freedom of selfishness, right? Because we, we want to be kind of in our own little world. And, and, and we just, I'm selfish sometimes. I don't know about you, but I'm selfish sometimes. My wife would probably go, yeah, he is. But I am selfish sometimes. And sometimes it's like, man, I don't really want to do that, God. God's all, no, I need you to do it. But see, we got to get away from the, that freedom that we think we have to be selfish and get into the, to obedience to the Holy Spirit's lordship over our life. And then it says, you know what? We are the sons or daughters. Or first. It, it, basically what it means is that you are growing up, you are maturing and developing the carry, character traits of the Father. How's that going for you? Are you growing up? Are you developing the character traits of the Father? Because as, as one grows up and it begins to, to take on these character traits of their father, their mother, right? It'll afford them the increasing access and privileges appropriate to his development. I mean, we, we realize this in the practical. We don't give our keys to our car to our five-year-old. Have at it. Go to the store. Buy some milk. Right? Our five-year-old wouldn't, wouldn't do that. But see, the more that we mature, the more that we grow in the things of God, in the Word of God, in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, then the more he's going to put at your feet or in your hands and say, I want you to use this. I want you to, to do something with it. Don't, don't, don't be selfish. It's mine. No, he's no, 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 no. The whole idea of this is that you give it back into the kingdom. You give it back into people's lives. And so we're sons and daughters if we are maturing. Let me, let me give you a quote from a guy named R.T. Kendall about these, these first two gauges. He says this, now I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, if we have the word without the spirit, we will dry up. If we have the spirit without the word, we will blow up. But if we have the word and the spirit together, we will grow up. We need both to be a part. And then let me give you the third and final uh, gauge on our spiritual dashboard today. It's the gauge of being transformed into Christ's image kind of that grow up thing. So, you know, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, how's my word gauge going? Then how is my gauge with the Holy Spirit going? And then if those two are in alignment with each other and, and, and moving in the right direction or, or full, then you know what? This transformation begins to take place in our life to where we become more like Christ. Second um, Corinthians chapter three, verse 18 says, so all of us who have had that veil removed, okay, that means that, that the veil that once covered, that we didn't know Jesus, once that is removed, now that, what that means is permanently removed, okay? Can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed, other Bible says transformed, into His glorious image, okay? Now, Every believer's had their, their eyes permanently opened by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
where, you know, we should be able to recognize the condition of our own lives and our own hearts. And that's through the lens of, of God's word. Because if you're not in God's word, God can never address some things with you. I mean, he might speak to you, but you're kind of like, well, yeah, I don't really need. But there's something about the word of God that is, like it said, sharper than any two-edged sword. It just kind of comes in and wants, man, let's get rid of the crud. Let's get rid of the stuff that you're allowing in here. And so here we are. We, now we can be able to, to see that God is in our life, that, that, that Jesus is there, that the Holy Spirit is here. And now it gives the Holy Spirit a door, an opening to make us more like Jesus. Did you know that that's really part of our goal is to be more and more like Jesus? We'll never be exactly like Jesus, but we should be more and more like Jesus. So that's called transformation. And that just references an authentic alteration of the whole person. I put down here, beginning in our mind, moving through our will and emotions, and ultimately changing our outward circumstances and appearance. It's the Holy Spirit changing us and our lives from the inside out. Something should be going on inside of you that is changing you. Maybe you no longer like that thing anymore that you knew was not right. Maybe, um, you know, the Lord's speaking to you and all of a sudden you're recognizing, yeah, um, I've got to change that area of my life. I've got, that's the Holy Spirit trying to transform you, work in you, beginning to change you from the inside to the outside. Okay? A lot of, a lot of what happens sometimes is in, 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 in Christendom, we, we focus on the outside a lot. Because we're always like, we can see what's going on in you on the outside. Because, hey, oh, they're involved in this. They're involved in that. Oh, they're a volunteer here, and they're doing this. But see, we, it's hard for us to know what's going on on the inside. But the Holy Spirit knows. And so you could serve to your heart's content. But man, if you got all kinds of garbage inside, that's not good. That's not, no, that's not healthy. We want you to be able to serve, but also, man, you've got this cleansing process going on. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Doesn't mean you still can't have some junk in the trunk, right? Well, okay, sorry. Um, but we have to understand that, you know, we've got to be in process. It's so important that we just don't stay, you know, ah, uh, right there. We're just, ah, uh, I can't go any farther. Ah, uh, no, you can go a lot farther than where you're going right now. I'm just telling you. Because our God's a good God. Holy Spirit lives in you and he's good. And his purpose for you is to grow, 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 grow. And be all that God's called you to be. This guy named Alan Redpath, who was a, he was a British pastor and an evangelist. He said this, he will transform you into his likeness. You do the beholding. He does the transforming. You do the beholding. You hearing that? You do the beholding. He does the transforming. The more you behold him, the more you start transforming. The more you start changing. The more that past life that you've had starts to begin to just kind of move away. Because you're beholding his beauty. You're beholding his glory. You're beholding the goodness of God. And like, why would I ever change that? 
if I'm really beholding him and putting him in that place of our life. And so to sum it all up, Adam, you can come on up. So if a believer will focus their attention on these spiritual gauges, right? On your spiritual dashboard. By establishing God's word in your heart, which is gauge number one, and by following the Holy Spirit's lead in areas where they need to be transformed. Kind of gauge number two. It will result in their life progressively being supernaturally changed to reflect the life of Jesus. Gauge number three. And this will help us overcome any spiritual imbalances in our life. Any spiritual, maybe imbalanced lies in our life that the enemy has slipped, slipped in and, and caused us to be deceived, right? Because we might look at this whole Holy Spirit thing and think, man, this is scary. This is kind of like, I don't know about that, man. If, are you, you saying that, man, I've got to surrender to the Holy Spirit? I've seen people act really goofy and weird and, and funky. Well, I'm saying, yes, you do, but that's but the whole weirdness and funkiness or whatever, that, that, that's a, 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 hear me when I say it, because I'm saying this out of love. Sometimes that's just a deception of the enemy to make it look really funky and weird. So then you, you are hazy and walk out confused and think, oh my God, what, what was that all about? And I don't want anything to do with that. But see, the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life he wants to move in this church. He wants to move, get this, with all of us together. Not just in this building, but outside. Right? But see, we've got to open ourselves up. We've got to be able to engage that. So that we're not deceived. But we understand spiritual truths regarding spiritual things. And if you use those three dashboard things, I'll tell you, you're going to see yourself understanding it greater and greater, how the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life, how the Holy Spirit wants to work. So all I'm asking is you pay attention to those spiritual gauges. That's all I'm asking. Take the book, go home, talk to the Holy Spirit about it, talk to God about it. Help Say, how, how do I pay attention to these spiritual gauges? And the Holy Spirit, the goodness of the Holy Spirit, the grace of the Holy Spirit will say, okay, I'll show you. That simple. Not harsh. Not, well, I've been waiting a long time for that to finally happen. No. He said, okay, I'll show you. Because he wants it for you. He wants it for you. I hope you've been blessed. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.